Hello, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. This week, we are talking about another book, A for Alibi mm-hmm. by Sue Grafton, who famously wrote the Kinsey Milhone Alphabet Mysteries and who sadly passed away last December. Yeah, so that would be nice to read one of her books and per recommendations. A lot of people just advise us to go with the first in the series, which is A for Alibi. Yeah, we, we were a little bit trepidatious because sometimes it takes an author who writes a series time to develop and kind of mm-hmm. hit their stride. Yeah. And so we've read series before and reviewed them. Mm-hmm. Not really reviewed them, but chatted about the book. And we were like, maybe the middle ones would be better. But everyone was really adamant. A lot of Sue Grafton readers out there. Yeah. And you all were very clear. Start with A. Got to start with A. Yeah. And I hope that a lot of you have read the book because we'd mentioned that we're going to start you know, in the beginning of the month, announce the book that we're going to be reading so you guys can follow along with us. Right. So this podcast has been sort of a trial and error thing. So Mm -hmm. we are trying different topics and trying to find, you know, what you guys like listening Mm -hmm. to and what we like making. We've pretty much fallen into a pattern of of reading mystery books pretty regularly, Mm -hmm. at least once a month. Yeah. And and talking about them. We were like, why not just have a book of the month, like a, you know, like a book club mm-hmm. and people can read the book with us because the, really the spirit behind us talking about these books, it's not so much a review for us mm-hmm. to say, you know, check it out or don't check it out. Although I guess to a certain extent it ends up being that a little bit, but in spirit, I think of it more of like a, just like a, a book club chat, like imagining that you listening have also read the book. And so now we're all, you know, drinking coffee together and talking about what we think. Yeah, because we're also pretty much covering the greatest hits, which mm-hmm. a lot of people, we know a lot of people, or at least cozy mystery enthusiasts, have already read. So, yeah, I think it's really cool that you guys can follow along with us. And Matt had the great idea of doing the almost a little book club. Reading the book mm-hmm. with us, I think, will just make these more interesting, right? So we're going to do our best to let you know, like mm-hmm. a month in advance. Yeah. Like, these are the books we'll be reading and, or this is the book we'll be reading. And so read it with us. And then when you, when the podcast comes out, it won't be so much of like a, they're talking about something I have no, no context for. I think it's just, I love hearing reader, listener feedback. I think that's so. We just ate a ton of Thai food. So yeah, we're a little we're so, slow. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We're a little slow. I had a lot of rice. Lots of, they put lots of crap in it. Too. Yeah. We, we're on carb overload right yeah, now. So. But we're gonna we're gonna get through it. <laughs> yeah. We're we're bringing our A game. We're yeah. here. It's mm-hmm. not like the cozy awards where we were really oh, we're really hurting. We're yeah. hurting. But this is we're 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 much better than that. It's not yeah. won't be that bad. But yeah, so the spirit of this is like a book club chat, mm-hmm. and we will do our best not to spoil anything. But you know, these are thirty year old books, mm-hmm. and so you know we're not gonna be close to the chest about some of the information because. But we will definitely not reveal the ending. Yeah, I think so, it's important. We'll 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 try to keep it uh pure for you. So if if you really are if you haven't read the book yet, you can't not be spoiled. Yeah, that's a great great idea. So before we get into our Sue Grafton retrospective, as it were, let's talk about what's making us feel cozy this week. The Winter Olympics have just started as we are recording this mm-hmm. episode. Probably by the time it is put up it 
it'll be almost over, or if not over. Yeah, there's a delay. But yeah, Winter Olympics making me feel super cozy. I love that it's just always on. Mm-hmm. It's a reliable source of entertainment. The Winter Olympics are the coziest Olympics because you have that hot, cold dynamic. So all the athletes and the journalists on the beat are out there on the slopes, you know, freezing their butts off. But then they go back and they have their interviews in these like log cabins with, they don't show the hot chocolate, but I imagine it's there. Yeah. Well, you really love the Today Show's Instagram, which I was telling Matt earlier, since I write for a site that the the readership really loves anything with the Today Show, um, I wrote a story about, sorry, I can't say her name. Hoda Codby. (laughs) Hoda Codby. We'll address that later. (laughs) We'll talk about... Oh, that's we're we're teasing it now? God. Okay, anyways, we're trying to say that. And Al Roker on a road trip to Pyeongchang, and it was really cute. So I think you would really enjoy all the social media about the winter. Oh, yeah, I need to see that. So it's it's, it's super cute. Yeah, and and it's just the best sets of the Olympics, you know? Well, the opening ceremony, I don't think I've ever watched an opening ceremony before before but i was just doing it for work and mm-hmm. it's the spectacular yeah the i i mean my mind is blown how much money and time they must have spent but it was so beautiful i love the dancers while the they were doing the procession as the countries came out they mm-hmm. had that circle of dancers in the middle just like <laughs> side shuffling that was really adorable well i like how it was winter themed too yeah i think it's well, obviously yeah i mean yeah but, but it's pretty <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute how they just themed the whole Olympics for the winter. <laughs> so glad they did that this time. Oh, but yeah, boy. I really, it's just very cozy, you know, warm knit caps. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are all bundled up and what did you the think sets about, are all very like woody. Sorry to interrupt. What did mm-hmm. you think about Team USA's gloves? There's a lot of talk about that. Did you? I haven't really noticed the gloves. I mean, I, I liked the outfit in general. I don't know the name of that kind of sweater design, but I like it. Yeah, cause I, I didn't... There's just, like I was... We were talking about before, there's so much that goes into it. What's the controversy with the gloves? Oh, people were comparing it to gloves that Jim Carrey wore in Dumb and Dumber. Are they the ones that have the flaps? The fringe kind of thing? It, like like they go over the fingers? I'm relying on you because I don't know. I haven't heard no, about this controversy. And they're just huge. And a lot of people were making fun of it on Twitter. And that's the first time I ever realized that Ralph Lauren designs Team USA's outfits. I didn't even mm-hmm. know they had designed outfits. I thought it was Heather. Okay, here, here's... You thought they just all like dressed the same suddenly on that No, I, I knew they had like uniforms or something, but I didn't know it was different every year. I just, I mean, obviously different in the summer, but I just thought, okay, they pulled it out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I really thought. <laughs> I'm learning so much. Brushed but... off the mothballs. Oh, we're ready again for another year. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. That's funny. Yeah, they, they, they redesign it. <laughs> Just so we can get that that fresh scoop and we can all debate the gloves on Twitter. <laughs> that Those controversies. I don't know. But yeah, the Winter Olympics have been super cozy for me. How about you, Jillian? What's been making you feel cozy? Um, it sounds really cheesy, but just talking to my mom on the phone because I, I haven't spoken to her on the phone in a long time because the time zones and just um, our work schedules are so unique. My mom has a really unique work schedule because um, she works as a travel agent for American Express, so you might have even talked to her once. When, who knows if you're American Express car holder, it's not a plug. And I just like talking to her because she likes to talk about cozy things or and I very unintentionally like will bring up things that are super cozy. Like talking about 
um, watching the Frasier marathon or talking about the, or, you know, our dog or just like, I think it's so funny. The things that like her little stories. So her latest thing is she's convinced one of her <laughs> friends who's like in her fifties has it's getting dementia. Like she had like conspiracy theories and cozy. I know super cozy. I don't know, but just and it's so silly because it's just like mom mom talk. I don't know. Or like oh, I, I saw it on Doctor Oz, and you know, like so that's if Doctor Oz is involved, that's yeah, mom talk. Yeah, that's her. That's her evidence for why her friends dementia. You saw an episode on Doctor Oz, and it was like so silly. So I just like talking to her. We talk for like a few hours, and it's always fun. That's adorable. That's great. Yeah. We should all talk to our moms more often. Yeah. So let's talk about cozy locations. Jillian, what's your cozy location this week? Well, like I had have been wanting to do, I'm going to step outside of LA because I noticed that I've just been talking a lot about LA and I don't want to Well wanna, we live here. I know you we know, live here, normal. but I, I don't wanna I wanna, you know, give shout Branch outs out. to, to other cities as well. Um Harvard's campus. Okay. I think that's just super cozy because, you know, it's it's leafy, all those red brick buildings. And I used to go there and just sit and read on the c- campus. And there's always like a really nice spot to just sit underneath a tree and, and, and read. And it's really beautiful in the fall. And everyone's just minding their own business because they're shuffling off to class. And it's just a beautiful campus, like typical New England, but Obviously, anyone can just stumble on into the onto the campus, yeah, and they'll let anyone on there, <laughs> and use it as a a reading spot, which I like to do, and I just associate with fall too, and it's just mm-hmm. a nice place to stroll around and just gawk at the buildings <laughs> and harass some nerds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a very you'd always, you always give the students some noogies. <laughs> yeah, that's actually what I go there to yeah. do. Yeah. Hey, nerd! <laughs> you know me. Going to school, nerd. So that's your typical taunt. Yeah, <laughs> my go-to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a really beautiful campus, and it's a good reading spot. So if you're in town and you want a quiet, nice, beautiful place to read, throw your book at some nerds while they're passing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know t- why I'm on taunt. this <laughs> nerd bullying kick. Again, I have uh, had a lot of Thai food, and yeah. I think it's made me a bully. For me, my cozy location is anywhere during the Super Bowl. So the Super Bowl, as of this recording, was last weekend. So it'll have been a few weeks past by this point. The Super Bowl, it's just not my thing. God bless all of you who love the Super Bowl. That's great. It's a good excuse to buy a dip and mm-hmm. eat some some wings and have a good old time eating all of that junk food and, and being with friends and family. Super Bowl is great. It's just not my thing, so I don't really watch it. But I've learned that it's actually a great time to go out in the town or go to travel this last Super Bowl, I went to just a cafe in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It was empty and it was wonderful. Sounds beautiful. And it was just so calm. It's almost like a zombie apocalypse occurred. The streets are clean of people. Well, that's what I was talking to someone else about Baltimore. It's that it's such an apocalyptic city at times. Yeah. That you walk around and see no one for blocks. Which it, it sounds negative. I in miss. this context, yes. I, I really mean it as a good thing. Yeah, it is a good thing most of the time. You know, stores are not crowded. Good time to go shopping. Mm-hmm. But it's especially a good time to go travel to touristy areas. My boyfriend went to uh, Sonoma over the Super Bowl weekend. I, I could not go because of work, but I 
heard from him that it was just glorious. Like no mm. one was there. They would roll up, do their tastings, no waiting. They had the whole places. The whole place mm. was to themselves. And yeah, there's a hot tip for you. Go to wine country on Super Bowl weekend. I guess winos love the Super Bowl and they're not going to be there. Yeah, I think mean, that is a really hot tip because you don't think about it immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's sitting at home, so no one's out and about and taking up space that the place you yeah. want to go hang out at. No, it's it's, it's kind so. of an aha moment for me. I'm like, I, I need to plan more trips over Super Bowl weekend. Yeah, I like that. Conversely, if you are in um, an area with a high density of homosexuals and you want to visit a place like that, go during the Oscar season. When that weekend that the Oscars are on, <laughs> they're all going to be at home. They won't be around. So that's that's your chance. If you don't want to, if you don't want to be around any gay people, <laughs> travel during the Oscar weekend. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> if you're homophobic, just tired of the gays, get out there. Golden Globes too. That probably you'll probably yeah, have a few more out there. People aren't, aren't as excited about the Globes. A few more. That's that's all, that's all useful information, I would say. Mm-hmm. All right, so I think we're ready to start talking about what we're here to discuss, which are the Kinsey Milhone Alphabet series. So I'm going to provide oh. some background information, and then that I've researched, did my little research thing, and so just to kind of set the, the the scene, and then we'll talk about the book. Sure. Sue Grafton has written a number of novels. She was a screenwriter originally. Mm-hmm. And then, as she describes it, her books were a hit enough that she could stop working for Hollywood. She was very eager to to not work in Hollywood anymore. She, again, is famous for this alphabet series where every title of the book is like a letter in the alphabet. So there's A is for alibi, B is for I'm not sure what, and then all the way up to uh, Y is for yesterday, which I believe is her last book because of her her death. She died, she, she was 77, she died on December 29th. Uh, 2017. It's sad that she couldn't make it to the end. Of- I know, but just one away, right? Her daughter released a statement um, that was really beautiful, saying that as far as we're concerned, the alphabet now ends at Y. Oh, that is really sweet. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really sweet I message. I mean, it's impressive she made it that far. It's a lot of work, so. You know, and she's evolved with her main protagonist, who is a private investigator named Kinsey Milhone. And she starts the series, she's 32, and the way that she wrote the series is it's still the 80s. Even Why is for Yesterday is 1989. Mm-hmm. So it's not like she was writing, even though that book was published recently, she wasn't in 2016. She was still in the 80s. I think that's really cool. That's yeah, and it was a, I mean, it's, it. a, it's, a, it's a good decision in the sense that Kinsey Milhone is a PI who needs to be active and be able to move around. And if she were aging, I mean, it, she'd be too old mm-hmm. to do a lot of the stuff that she wants her to do in the books. And you can spend more time on character development, like really honing in on who is she, who she is as, in that time period and yeah. as a person. So, and it's just kind of nice to jump back in time a bit. Absolutely, that was one of my favorite things about reading this book. Yeah. But, but we'll get to that in, in a bit. One thing I thought was interesting about Sue Grafton was that she was adamant that her books would never be made into television or movies. She's refused even her children she left explicit instructions that in her death no ghostwriter to continue the series and no do not sell the rights to hollywood there's a quote i have from her so according to the new york times obituary um, sue grafton is quoted as saying ask me if i'd ever sell the film or tv rights to these books no i would not i would never let those clowns get their hands on my work (laughs) 
They ruin it for everyone, me more than most. Well, this is one of the things that, I mean, I don't know too much about her on a, on a deep level, but she seems like a very straightforward person. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she would use, say the phrase, those clowns, reminds me of actually the main character of her, her series. Yeah. Like the way that she would speak. Like very blunt. Yeah. You know, so um, I think it's really cool she said that. I love yeah, the, I, those clowns. I, 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 like I, like, I have so much respect for this yeah. woman. Um, Anyone who uses the phrase clowns is an insult. I just, I like it. Yeah, she just had no interest in going back to Hollywood after breaking free of it as a writer. And um, one other neat tidbit about uh, the reason it's an alphabet series, it comes from the Gashley Crumb Tinies. I'm saying that I don't really know what that is, but it's funny because it's like this idea of, um, I guess Edward Gorey wrote it and it's a macabre rhyming book. A is for Amy who fell down the stairs. B is for Basil assaulted by bears. <laughs> and, so, and so it's kind of a play on that alphabet series. She wanted to kind of go forward with that. Obviously her titles aren't quite as like uh, wicked, but still a funny concept and kind of brings to light why she chose those titles. I read that she first had the idea for the series or the book because she was going through a really bad divorce with her husband and she was thinking of a way to like like having daydreams of killing him mm-hmm. <laughs> another thing is kind of funny that she just admitted that all right so now let's talk about the book so we read a is for alibi a kinsey milhone mystery mm-hmm. now known more famously kind of as the alphabet series so again kinsey milhone is a private investigator she's hired by her name's nikki yeah nikki who this she went to jail for five years this uh widow mm-hmm. because she was convicted of murdering um, this husband, Lawrence, with oleander pills, like poison. Around that time, a former secretary of Lawrence's was also found dead from the same poison. Mm-hmm. And so that was a connection that wasn't available during the trial, but which um, Lindsay, de- sorry, Kinsey, thinking of my library lovers, yeah. mysteries, Kinsey uh, finds out pretty early, like, there's a there's she doesn't know how to connect those two events, but it's fishy that they would be murdered in the same way and that they would have any kind of connection. Yeah, Nikki just like there's nothing that can be done. She can't reverse the conviction mm-hmm. or get back those years of her life. But she's just curious. She just really wants to know who put her in jail for right. X amount of years. I think it's also important to know that Kinsey investigates for the insurance company. Yeah, insurance fraud. Yeah. So she's also like there's kind of a more comical side plot of her trying to catch a a woman who says that her back was hurt in various states of lifting things. Yeah, uh, yes. We'll have to go and dive deep into that later because I think it's interesting. The other thing to know about this series is that it's set in a fictional town called Santa Teresa, which is Santa Barbara. Yeah. Like, that's, that's really what it is. And that's where Grafton lived. Um, so you get a lot of Southern California in this book. Mm. And I adored it she travels from santa barbara slash santa Teresa to los angeles and las vegas and other suburbs around southern california the way that sue grafton writes scene description i thought was so skillful and Mm -hmm. i she really captures the vibe and setting of southern california coastal towns and I just really could see these houses. I could smell the sea breeze. 
she has some of the most vivid descriptions of Southern California I've, I've ever read in any, especially in a mystery novel. Um, and I, it just, it added so much for me as a Southern California resident, like reading it, I was like, oh, I really, I recognize these places. I mean, just in general, she's, I think she has a great command of descriptions, mm-hmm. especially even with characters too. She was very specific in drawing her characters, which was, was nice and in a u- unique way. She has a unique way of describing things. It's very direct. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very direct, but like, I think sometimes people think that direct writing is a lack of can sometimes translate to a lack of creativity, but it can. I think sometimes that's the opposite. Um, if you can say a lot with with a few words, then I think you're a very talented Absolutely. writer. Um, for me, like I kind of had a little bit of an opposite feeling about the setting. For some reason, I'm just committed to that East Coast New England vibe with my mysteries. Yeah, and because I. There's lots of things that I find cozy about Southern California in its own way, especially Santa Barbara. It's such a, you know, which is that her fictional town's based on. There's so many cozy aspects of Santa Santa Barbara, but for me, it's I was more interested in the mystery than, or was captivated more by just her tone of writing than I was the setting. I, I didn't. I don't really associate Southern California, Southern California, with com, uh, coziness per se. Well, yeah, it's not necessarily a cozy mystery. I yeah. mean, I think it gets lumped in with cozy mysteries, and there are certain things that it has in common with that genre. But you don't have the same sort of domestic subplots or an obsession with the setting, or that the setting necessarily That's isn't true. itself it's an cozy. Obsession, yeah, um, it's more just what it is. Because this is a more hard-boiled mystery. Like, this is this is a detective. She's a detective who is a, a real investigator, like, approaching her case. And so it's not an amateur. Yeah. Uh, and so I, the, yeah, in general, it wasn't as cozy. Yeah, um, like I said, you're right. You shouldn't see it throughout lens if it's But not. I thought, like, be that as it may, the scene descriptions, while yeah, I agree, like, Especially the in LA, it's not like and that the hi- cozy. And the highways. When she mentioned the like highways. the highways, I just like. That's but it my was least really. Cozy place. I think it was really well described. Yeah, and you know, if we could dive a little bit into how the similarities of the past cozies we've read, because even though, like you said, it's not technically um, a cozy mystery, it it did have uh, reminded me of other um, char- characters that we've discussed before, like. She can be very critical, mm-hmm. which is just so common for some reason with um, leads in cozy-esque mystery stories. Yes. Um, like overly c- critical. Like we can go into... She really goes into other characters' weight. Hard tubbos? For. Yeah. <laughs> Did she use tubbos as a word? <laughs> well, well, the other characters said tubbos. Oh. But still, I mean, to you, for her to use that as a, as a writer, the word tubbos, you don't really see it very often. But also when she's ta- investigating that one woman, that elderly woman who's mm-hmm. like she suspects is committing insurance fraud, I guess the woman didn't have uh, a, a nice porch or she like let her outdoor plants die. And she uses as, an, as a, a basis for why her character must be extremely flawed. And she said like, oh, I'm going to nail her or something, oh, <laughs> something like that. Like it's really intense, a little bit overboard, but... um. Yeah, Kinsey <laughs> is extremely um, curt. She 
doesn't have time for anybody's BS. No. And she'll cut straight to the point. She does not make small talk. And I really loved that because she acknowledged that acknowledges that as a flaw when she's interviewing possible people of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, wow, you're really rude. <laughs> and she's like, sorry, yeah, this is what I, 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 I don't want to make well, small talk. Well, she's a strong woman too. Yeah. And that goes back. I think all the other leads and cozy mysteries that we've discussed, um, they are really strong women and they have strong convictions, which is just always great to to have and read about. I, I love strong female leads. Oh, it has to be said that female leads are strong. They are inherently strong, but um, yeah, it was just, I thought that she, I loved her bluntness and I, I like, that goes back to the tone of the book. It's just super direct um, even the the first paragraph was super direct and, and blunt. On the topic of setting, one thing I really loved was Rosie's bar, which is the watering hole that Kinsey is always like the watering hole around the corner from Kinsey's apartment. And she meets, at least in this book, she meets people there a decent amount to talk to them about the case. Mm-hmm. And Rosie, the like the person who runs the bar is so funny. She's just like, I, I could imagine this woman. I've, I've met this person before. She makes Kinsey get the drinks. She's like, Kinsey's like, oh, do you have this sort of wine? And she's like, yeah, go get it behind the counter. She's watching TV or she'll tell her, like, I took the night off. I'm not making any food. Yeah. She'll order for them. Like, here, this is, this is the good thing I have prepared. This is what you'll eat. Going on, on, the, on the topic of forceful personalities, like, she's another character who just knows exactly who she is. And isn't playing around at all. Every character was extremely distinct. Because yes. I think sometimes in cozy mysteries, they can somewhat all blend together. Or you've seen this character a billion times. But each one was finely drawn, I thought, at least. What did you think about the mystery in general? Um, it was just it was a little bit hard to follow, just in terms of there being so many characters characters and their connections to each other and some of those connections as we brought up could be a little bit complicated um but i i think the twist was interesting i don't want to spoil that but yeah so not not to spoil the ending but the plot was intricate and when i was reading the book i would often try to read it at night after a long day and sometimes i'd have Mm -hmm. a couple glasses of wine and then you know by the time you drift off to bed and you're like trying to catch up on your reading and you're already sort of half falling asleep. Mm-hmm. And then I could, I was, I wasn't sure if it was me or if it was just the intricacies of the plot, but I had a hard time following some of the connections between the characters and who, who was who and who did what early on. But it also falls into place pretty cleanly. I would say about midway through the novel, it starts to become pretty clear who's, who's the most important. You know, I will say this too, for its credit. I, I never was thinking, at all during any of it like oh that's totally unbelievable i would never how could that be happening right now everything was grounded in a certain reality and that whereas oftentimes you know and that's part of the joy of cozies is how madcap they can be um but again this is to me the series is a little bit more realistic a little more hard-boiled and edgy edgy that's a that's a good word for it but still so vividly drawn. I, I, to me, I really enjoyed this book and I am looking forward to reading more Sue Grafton because of how real this world felt. I just feel like she, she brought me that sort of private investigator story, but she 
put a feminine twist on it. Yeah, you know what? It kind of, I don't know if you've ever seen The Killing, but the female lead in that, it reminded me of Kinsey. Mm-hmm. I forgot what her, her name is in that series, but it's played by that redhead. Her name starts with an M. I wish I could remember it, but... Julianne Moore? No. Jessica Maribel. Chastain? No, no, no. None of, nothing like that. You've never, never seen... Never messing. The, you've never seen The Killing? No. Oh, is this great? Nicole Kidman. <laughs> it's a great show, and that female lead is like a lone wolf, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how Kinsey is. Oh, she's very very lone. Yeah, very lone. <laughs> yeah, living here. I think she even says in the beginning, like, I live in... I downgrade to a smaller place because I like feeling cramped yeah and she cozy. brings up a lot yeah i guess yeah feeling cramped is equates to coziness quite often and she said that you know she lived in trailers most of her life she just i you know comes across as very independent and talks about her independence a lot though there is mom she still has attractions let's say yeah which she's very frank about very forward with getting what she wants yeah which you know for all the killing fans out there will probably understand that comparison mm-hmm. so but it's kind of gritty yep so gritty edgy all those kinds of things so if you want a little taste of something different i think that's a great this is a great read yeah I, I just you know it it is so unfortunate that we'll not get a z yeah but i just love that quote from the daughter which is so great you pulled yeah. that one out let's be real i just read a so i have a lot of reading to do yeah you know there's there's, there's plenty of there I, yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see what other kind of murders she can come up with because that's something I've thought about murder mystery writers. How many unique plots about murder can you come up with? I'm sure yeah. if we really sat down and had a whiteboard, I'm sure you could up with a you know, litany of things, but I, I would just love to see how she gets more creative with her her plot and also Kinsey and how she develops her, I think... Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. And I think that's what's great about a writer who has as many books out as, as she does with one character. I was listening to an interview um, she did a few years ago. And she was talking about how she she does a fair bit of research like before every book. And, and she usually focuses on a specific type of crime. For the book she was interviewing for in particular at that time, it was around shoplifting. Mm-hmm. And larger networks of shoplifting and the bigger industry behind shoplifting, not just, not just individual shoplifting, but um, stealing from, from stores in a way that is related to organized crime. So I I think she does a fair amount of uh, like, you know, research and when she's trying to figure out what she's going to write about. And so I think she keeps it fresh that way. And she has evolved with the series in terms of uh, based on the interview, she says she kind of moved away from just the singular first-person perspective into time jumping and multiple person, mm-hmm. you know, mul- multiple points of view. And so she really evolved as a writer with Kinsey. And and so I'm looking forward to that, too, because I think, I think yeah, you have to freshen it up. Like, how, how, how much can you do the same sort of story? Mm-hmm. And she clearly was, like, looking for new ways to uh, freshen up that aspect of her writing. Her father, Chip Grafton, he was mm-hmm. also an accomplished writer. I read in that he she he inspired her to start this series in part. Her Wikipedia page paints a pretty sad, sad picture of her childhood too. Like she, it describes both her parents as alcoholics and not very present. And her mother unfortunately committed suicide 
while she was relatively young. It was definitely before her first book came out. Yeah, I think she's gone through. She had gone through a lot of hardships. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, she dedicated this book to him. Oh, really? Um, yeah, she's like who set me on this path. She said to oh, to, okay. to you know Chip. Chip Gaines. Yeah, Chip of God. Chip and Joanna. <laughs> oh boy, they're always there. yeah, they're always inspiring people. To Shiplap. Oh, God. That's, I'm gonna if I write a cozy mystery, I'm gonna those crazy. I'm gonna kids. thank uh, Chip and Joanna. Yeah. Any final thoughts on A is for Alibi? I. I'm really glad that we decided to cover Me too. one of her yeah. books. Me I, I, you know, it's one of those things that's always around. I've heard about it forever, especially like in the mystery mm-hmm. department. Like you just see it there and I'm curious about it, but having a reason to pick it up and read it, I'm very grateful that we, that we did. And I, I hope that if you're listening and you decided to read along with us that you enjoyed the book as much as we did. Yeah, definitely leave your thoughts um, and comments when we upload the episode because to, to social media, I love hearing people's thoughts on like books that we cover and their perspective on it. All right. So that means it's time for Celebrities That Calm Us. <laughs> who who will we pick today <laughs> on Celebrities That Calm Us? Jillian, who is your celebrity that's calming you? Lauren Graham. Lauren Graham. Yeah, she's just... Gilmore Girls. Yeah, Gilmore Girls, a solid actress. She just always comes across as really genuine, easygoing, and I think it's just because I associate her with Lorelai Gilmore. And every time I see her pop up on screen, I'm comforted. The only role I did not really like her in was Dirty Santa or something like that. Bad Santa. Dirty Santa. <laughs> Naughty I, Santa. I just gave Hollywood their next hit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, if you saw Bad Santa too, maybe maybe not. Yeah, Bad Santa. I don't. So I don't. I don't like when she really steps outside of her typical role because her typical role is just like a mom. I because she was on Parenthood, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think she was. But she's just very comforting to me, and I love how she's actually really close with Alexis Bledel, aka Rory, in real life. Um just seems super down to earth to me and i do want to read her book i forgot the title apparently i don't remember anything um <laughs> but super prepared julian yeah i want to read her book it's hard i mean sometimes i change my mind like oh i want to talk about that celebrity that i find cozy and then i'll just have a change of heart last minute no i want to talk about this person so sometimes it's a little off the cuff if you will yeah well you know we all figured that out by martin short that wasn't a <laughs> that one you've been planning. <laughs> so you're gonna just work your way through the entire father of the broadcast, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> so, because I did bring up Diane, didn't I, Diane Keaton? I did mention her as my cozy. I think so. so apparently, I really am. I'm freaking obsessed yes. with that movie. <laughs> that is, there is something about Father of the Bride and Jillian. There, that's a key to her psyche. Is that movie? Um, <laughs> Even the minor characters have left a lasting impression. <laughs> but yeah, Lauren, Lauren Graham is, is, a, is a solid choice. My celebrity that's called me this week, and I'm not sure if I already did this person. I'm surprised if I hadn't because I'm so obsessed with Kathy Lee and Hoda. But Hoda Codby is, I'm so proud of her. She is now the anchor for today sh- the Today Show after mm-hmm. he, he Who Shall Not Be Named's departure. I'm so glad he's gone, by so the way. So smug. So smug. Mm-hmm. He, I never forgave him for what he did to Ann Curry. No, never forget. Did you know um, they called that Operation Bambi? 
They had no. a code name for her, for Matt and the producers for trying to push her out of the show. And it was she, sick. It's if, sick. Yeah. Like, I, look it up. Look up um, the history of the, the Anne Curry scandal. And she's and, so smart and talented. Yeah. I, I mean, I think he had a certain vision for what his co-host should be and she didn't fit in with it, but she had put in so much time on that show and I thought she was fine and she would have, I think whatever issue she had with hosting and I didn't see any, I liked it. I like Ann Curry. I don't know. That was, that was, that was disgusting to me. Anyway, well, he got his con- comeuppance. He did. And now we have Hoda and she's still doing the Kathy Lee. Busy Hoda lady. And Kathy Lee hour. I think eventually that's going to probably be phased out, unfortunately, but hopefully not hopefully that they shouldn't keep it going it's a lot of work though but you know it couldn't have happened to a nicer person and she's just awesome and i I get so excited to see her i got excited that she it it makes me like when i turn on the today show in the morning i'm like so much happier and relieved to see her and not matt lauer yeah and i'm so happy that she has her little baby and Mm -hmm. that's that's so nice that she she really wanted that for a while so i'm glad that she has that in her life you know she was able to accomplish that and um, along with her other many accomplishments professionally. And I am glad that you brought her up because I apparently don't know how to say her name. Okay. So we teased this at the beginning of this episode. So I was, I had been, was talking to Jillian at the start of this podcast and I was trying to figure out who my cozy celebrity would be. We were throwing some names around and I brought up Hoda Codby and maybe I'm even saying the name wrong, but I, I think that's at least close. But Jillian, how how did you how do you say her name? Hoda Kotob. <laughs> that's definitely not it. Well, here's why: because I was telling Matt, I have to I have to write her name a lot, and I know I don't. You know, if you now write, that's a dream job. You write, <laughs> writing Hoda's name all the time would be my fantasy. So it's same thing I did. For Cara Delevingne, I have to, you know, I have little tricks when I have to keep them. What's the Cara Delevingne? Delevingne? Yeah. Is it Delevingne? Dele, I say like Delevingne. <laughs> <laughs> That's because in my in my head, I develop little tricks for me to spell it right, like mm-hmm. phonetically. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So in my head, I'm like, oh, when I'm typing, I'm like, hoda, hoda. <laughs> <laughs> And then I said that to Matt. He's like, "That's not how you say it." But it makes I, sense. Oh, it sounds like that. That's not how you say it. <laughs> now you're mocking me. Oh no! I wasn't. I didn't wow. It. I didn't intend it. Yeah. So, so those are the the celebrities that are calming us this week. Hoda Kotob and Hoda Kotob. <laughs> what was it? Lauren Graham? Yeah. Oh uh, yes. Not, not, the, Mar- not Martin Short. Next week it'll be whoever else is left in the father of the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> so also let's shout out um a five-star review from blue jean amy oh so yeah so, so sweet nice. she reached out to us after we discussed her her really beautiful review and, and thank you amy that was yeah, so sweet thank of you, you. So sweet. and we had figured out like you know based on the content of your very sweet words that you did not mean to rate us one star so thank you for for fixing that that was really nice of you yeah. didn't have to do that yeah really nice um and we love everyone who reaches out and if it's even just sending us a nice message i think that's super sweet but also you know review reviewing and rating us and liking our social media you know we you know love having people follow us and like our page and we're very needy we, in that way we need all <laughs> we need that every, attention yeah need all attention and join our facebook group and please leave a review because 
it really does help. It sounds so embarrassing, and you've heard this on every podcast, but it makes a difference when you are typing into like the search bar for their pod, for the podcast. Like what comes up when you're typing A L L space T H. You know, obviously, all things considered, is going to be the first thing that pops up. But <laughs> <Lucky> I, <us. laughs> that was our that was our bad. We we should have really thought well, about that. Well, it's because say that one thing to them. Uh, well, it's better than the other name that. Now looking back on it, that we were considering a call to cozy. That sounds kind of militant. <laughs> I think about oh, it. Oh, calling all cozies? That one? Or I thought, or thought we were going to be the name being called to cozy. Called to cozy? I don't remember that. Oh, sorry. Now I ruined it. Maybe. I it. We have a whole list of name ideas that we should publish maybe one day down the road. Yeah, I think that'd be really actually, you that'd could be see, cute. You could see all the different names. Yeah. Or um, maybe on our anniversary. On our anniversary, maybe we'll do that. Aww. But like I... Yeah, it, we had a, a ton of different ideas. Um, Cozy Corner. A lot of them, like, you know, we would do cursory research and discover that, uh, oh, yeah, like that has already been taken by some people. And even All Things Cozy, I'm pretty sure, like, is we're not the only thing called All Things Cozy. So I like, I like it. It sums up literally. It's what we are. Yeah. Like, we <laughs> are very all over the place talking about anything that makes us feel yeah. cozy. So, and that was intentional because I did not want to get, after a recap show for two years where I was just talking about one TV show, I wanted this to be something that could last a while and I wouldn't just get completely fed up with whatever we were talking about. Not that I got fed up. I, w- I could talk about Smash all day. But, um, just just so that, you know, we could, we could branch out and stretch mm-hmm. and talk about whatever, whatever we felt passionate about. Yeah. All right. So again, thank you, Blue Jean Amy. Appreciate that. And again, please leave us a review on iTunes. It does help people find us. Um, and that brings us to our candle review. So we are burning a salted caramel Yankee candle. Yep, we're back on the Yankee candle yeah. after a after um a lot of patty a lot of patty wax. Um gonna have a probably a patty wax candle next mm-hmm. week. Wink mm-hmm. wink. Back on Yankee Candle. This is these are tea lights that I had had in my, <laughs> I meant to get a different candle the other day and I just failed. So I went, went into the, my cabinet and pulled out some tea lights that I've been meaning to burn for a while. Yeah. And for a tea light, gotta say powerful. Wow. Super proud. Knocks you out. It, it, yeah. For a little thing. I, it smells like a candy factory or something. <laughs> it does. We are in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory <laughs> yeah, right now. I, you love caramel if you go nuts for that. This is for you. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it smells like it is supposed to. Yeah, yeah. I would say the thing I don't like about it is it's such a punch in the face of scent, and it has that sort of chemically scent that I think Yankee Candle can, you know, be guilty of often. Which is like the scent is so powerful. You're like, how synthetic is this that they can like blow up this smell so large? Yeah, and you know, not to mention, kind of reminds me of fall, mm-hmm. and I think. It's really important to choose your candles seasonally. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh no, I didn't mean it like that. I just meant, you know, this remi- reminds me of fall because the caramel smell. And so, I don't, I don't like to keep my candles seasonally. Big. All right, so, th- so this is out of order for Jillian. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree. It is more of a wintry fall scent. Fall scent. It does. Okay, so on the plus side, it fills the room. It smells like what it's supposed to smell like. On the downside, maybe a little too powerful. I wish it were a little more subtle. Yeah. Um, or it had a little mixture of something else. I know. Because yeah. what, it's just straight up caramel or is it something S- else? Salted caramel. Yeah. I think it, it looks like chocolate on the box. Chocolate and caramel. Yeah. So I guess, like you said, it does its job. It does like what it's it, intended. I'm not no chocolate in here. No false advertising whatsoever. 
I would give this half a wick. I think I'm on board with that. The yeah. Half a wick because, like you said, it's just way too overpowering. Yeah. But, you know, if if you really nice do, stuff. if you're a caramel fiend, if you're crazy for caramel, crazy for caramel. Um, this is the candle yeah. for you. It's, it is very powerful. And I will say this also about the Yankee Candle tea lights. It, they're often on sale. If you can find them on sale, they're worth it insofar as if it's a scent you like. They last for a long time. They burn for four to five hours, which is long for a tea light. That is. Yeah, it's impressive. So, um, yeah, so you're, you're at least getting a lot of illumination out of them for a while. Agreed. All right. So that's it for this week. Um, please follow us on Instagram at All Things Cozy Podcast. Like our Facebook page. Join our Facebook group. Um, as we said multiple times already this episode, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, anything else, Jillian, that our listeners should do? If you have any recommendations for books, I'm yeah, always so, open to that. Yeah, yeah, so we have we definitely have our next month planned for mm-hmm. books, but we'll need more down the line. So give us your favorite cozies. We need we need a few more recs. Yeah, and I, I just thank you for all the support and love seeing you on our Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, see you online. Thank you, guys. Bye. Stay cozy. Bye.